Hey, good morning, everyone. My name is Tom, and I am one of the pastors at Evergreen Ministries. I want to say also a happy Memorial Day weekend to you, and I hope you enjoy it uh, this time, maybe with family and friends, and uh, get to do some recreational things that you maybe don't do otherwise. Also happy to be uh, able to share with you our last message in this series on the book of Nehemiah. It's been a great series, and we're going to wrap it up today with a little bit of a different twist. We've been talking about Nehemiah, his leadership, his spirituality. That's been so exciting, and today we're going to just take a little bit of a different twist, and we're going to look at the corporate spirituality of the people after the project of the building of the wall has been completed. And so I want to read uh, some selected uh, portions of Nehemiah 9 verses 1 through 8. And I say some selected portions because uh, just for the sake of time, uh, uh, there's a lot of information in verses 1 through 8, and not all of it is uh, really important to the specific meaning of what we're going to be talking about today. And so that's why I say sometimes I just like to read the, the portions of the text that are relevant to what we're going to talk about today. So let's uh, begin reading God's Word, uh, starting with uh, Nehemiah 9, 1 through 8. The Israelites gathered together fasting and wearing sackcloth and putting dust on their heads. They stood in their places and confessed their sins and the sins of their ancestors. They stood where they were and read from the book of the law of the Lord their God for a quarter of the day and spent another quarter in confession and worship. Standing on the stairs of the Levites, several of the priests cried out with a loud voice, Stand up and praise the Lord your God, who is from everlasting to everlasting. They cried out, Blessed be your glorious name, and may it be exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are the Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, and all their starry hosts, and the earth, and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to everything, and the multitudes of heaven worship you. You are the Lord God, who chose Abraham and brought him out of Ur of the Chaldeans and named him Abraham. You found his heart faithful to you. You made a covenant with him. You have kept your promise uh, because you are righteous. These are the very words of God. You know, uh, as we finish the series today uh, on Nehemiah, it's just appropriate for the time we're in. Uh, I talked with a lot of people uh, over the last several weeks, uh, and I think you know, all of us have been forced to adopt new practices and a new way of living because of the COVID virus. And it's been, well, it's been a few months now. And from what I'm hearing, I think most of us, it'd be an understatement to say, uh, are getting tired of all the isolation that we find, uh, find ourselves living in. And we really are longing to have our lives return to normal. You know, as I lived my life, I never could have imagined a day would uh, would come where we actually would be unable to meet uh, as a faith community to, to gather in person to worship God. Uh, I mean, Zoom is a great gift, and I'm truly thankful that we have had this opportunity to gather as a faith community, but there really isn't anything that can substitute for meeting together uh, as the body of Christ and seeing one another uh, in person. And um, so to be able to express our thanksgiving, I'm just really, really miss that. And I'm looking forward to, uh, really looking forward to uh, the time when we can gather again as a church and, uh, and worship to the Lord. I really miss that. 
I miss the fellowship of the 12-step groups that I'm a part of as well, looking forward to that day ending. You know, as we conclude our series on Nehemiah, Nehemiah, uh, the book itself, has some incredible things to say um, about community and individual revival, that there's an aspect to our spirituality that is communal, that needs revival, and there's an aspect to our spirituality on an individual basis that needs to be renewed, that needs a, a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit, so to speak. And in the first seven chapters of Nehemiah, it's been all about the building of the wall, uh, as Nehemiah has had to do the politics and have faith and take action and so forth uh, to fight off danger. And, and he gets the job done. God is faithful. It's been a miracle. It's been a resurrection, really, of sorts to get this, uh, this project underway. But by the time we get to our text today, all of that is done. The wall has been built. And uh, so, obviously, the next thing uh, to do uh, on this occasion is is to discover and to know the real purpose for which the wall has been built. And so the purpose was just not to rebuild the wall and to make the city, but the purpose really was to uh, experience the worship of God, to renew the people's relationship with the Lord, to call the people, uh, call the people back to worship. That's the core meaning of what Nehemiah's life was all about. So in chapters 8 and 9, the people of Israel uh, begin to renew their relationship with the Lord uh, as a community and individually. And now we need to really tune in to what happens in these chapters. I, I think it's so significant. In chapter 8, we have to just back up before 9 just for a second. Uh, the people gathered for hours. They gathered for hours to listen to the reading uh, of God's Word. And it says there that, that um, the priest Ezra not only read the Word of God, he explained it to them clearly so that they could understand what was being read to them. And an amazing thing happened. The Spirit of God was working powerfully, and as Ezra read the word to them and explained to them, what happened was the people of Israel began weeping and crying. And the reason they began weeping and crying is that they had become totally ignorant of God's Word. They hadn't known it. They hadn't read it for years and years and years. And it, be, it began to dawn on them how far their nation and they as a people had drifted from the Lord and from the way the Lord had called them to live. They, they had become unaware of all the blessings that God had given to them as a people, all the grace they had experienced, all the mercies they had experienced, and how they just turned their back on God and, and walked away from Him. And, and now they were broken. They were taken into exile. And they just wept with sorrow uh, for their sins. And, and the people began to realize on this occasion that if they were going to really experience the healing that they needed to have, that they were going to have to do some house cleaning. So there was this great sorrow uh, in, in chapters 8 and 9 here. There's this great sorrow and this desire for repentance, if you will. It just really means to turn and to do something a difference. Uh, there's this awareness that they were going away from God and, and somehow they needed to do a house cleaning and they needed to turn and do something different if there was going to be healing uh, in the nation and in their lives uh, individually. Uh, you know, immediately, um, as a recovering person, my mind goes to step 10 of Alcoholics Anonymous. We, we continued to take personal inventory 
And when we were wrong, we promptly admitted it. And, and that's just a, a real, really crucial thing, I think, for us in recovery. Uh, and I think we all can think about the spirituality of recovery as being really good for us. And, and also, step four is about taking a fearless and moral, uh, searching moral inventory. And, and uh, step five says that we admitted the exact nature of our wrongs to ourselves, um, to a God, and to another human being. Um, and so it, it is that essence, that's the essence of recovery, is to develop a closer relationship with God so we can be healed of our difficulties. And, and that always seems in the scriptures and in our lives to involve a, a house cleaning. And so the, the Word of God, I believe, calls us, friends, to, uh, as a community, to find renewal, to seek a new day in our lives, is to hold up God's Word uh, as a mirror and, and begin to say, hey, from time to time, I need to really look at God's Word and begin to do a house cleaning, so to speak, and see where God can heal. And, and when that happens, uh, there is a sweet sorrow that comes. For our hearts begin to long for God and, and begin to want to give our lives to Him in new ways and in full ways. And God can begin to do new things and new opportunities for service and blessing uh, come to us. And then <clears throat> I'd like us to note also that um, in 2B, something peculiar happens here that just really caught my attention. We have to talk about it for just a minute. In, in verse 2B, it says, They stood in their places, and they confessed their sins and the sins of their ancestors. Now, that, doesn't that seem weird to us? Uh, you know, when we think about confessing our sins, well, I've got to take care of my business. Uh, you know, I don't got to confess my dad's or my grandparents' or my great-grandparents' sin. Um, or my children, or my grandchildren's, or my great-grandchildren's, you know. But the, see, see, the Hebrews, uh, they lived in this lineage, they had this lineage thing, this covenant with God. And you see, their story wasn't, as they were living, it wasn't the only thing that mattered to them. Okay, they saw their story fitting in with the story of God's people all the way to the beginning, all the way to the end. And, and so it wasn't just their story that mattered, but it was the whole story of a, a God's people. And so it says here, they stood in their places and they confessed their sins and the sins of their ancestors. And I think that brought a great healing to them and, and to their people as well. Um, and I've got uh, a way to uh, where I kind of I saw this happen once in, in in one of the churches I pastored. I like to just tell you this story uh, briefly. I I don't want to take up too much more time uh, to do this, but it's such a great story. I have to share it with you. Um, uh, the previous congregation where I was a senior pastor, um, we developed a friendship with an African American church in Grand Rapids, and it was one of the biggest blessings that I, we've ever I experienced in my life, and I think it was for the church too. Uh, uh, it was a pretty good sized congregation um, and once a year twice a year actually um, we would go to their church and I'd have the opportunity to preach and our choir would sing and then they would come to our church and their pastor would preach and their choir would sing and it was fabulous uh, and uh, for the first the first time it happened um, they they came to our church and uh, it was first of all it was culture shock city. It was incredible. 
And uh, it was just so powerful how uh, the, the groups of people just kind of came together and it was, it was beautiful. And throughout the whole uh, evening, there was crying and embracing and just beautiful things were said and, and, and happened. Now, I still remember the pastor's message in his text. I won't say where it is now, but it was just a great time. But the thing that stands out to me um, about that service was one of our elders said the prayer uh, for the service. And, and during the prayer, I could, you could just sense the Spirit of God came, the Holy Spirit came on him. And he cried out these words to the Lord. Um, and I, it was, I think, on behalf of our church. He said, Lord, forgive the sins of our fathers and our connection to them. And I'm telling you, that was powerful. I think it was needed confession on our side and I think it was helpful, uh, I mean, for our, our community and for the African-American community present, I think it was healing for them. And um, uh, it was just a God moment, uh, a time of where confession, you know, I personally wasn't there when um, uh, the slave trade happened, but our ancestors were and participated in that. And so that was an appropriate prayer on that occasion. And it brought healing in the moment we lived in. And, and so um, I think this, something like that happened in Nehemiah's day. And so, friend, as we conclude today, I think we long for a new day in our church. We long for a new day in our lives individually. And the number one thing it begins with is this joy of repentance, where we have this sweet sorrow for our sins and we turn to a loving God that longs to renew and embrace our relationship with Him. So, hey, thanks for listening, and uh, God bless you guys as uh, we had an opportunity to meet today. And I look forward to seeing you soon.